Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Tulane running back Ty J. Spears. Or as I like to call him, Daddy, for what he did to my USC Trojans in the bowl game here. My favorite part about this play is obviously these arm tackles. There was three of them on this red zone carry. To me, he plays bigger than what his listed size is. But in particular, you can watch his middle linebacker here. He forces him to cut right by pressing line of scrimmage. And then Ty J. makes a big cut left. And that's where you can outrun some of these guys. Uh, ultimately, it just comes down to it. He has a low center of gravity. and can kind of break through some of these arm tackles despite having like not LaShawn McCoy level wiggle. Listed size, 5095, so 5'9 five, and 5'8, five, 201 pounds. Despite that, 229 carries last year for 1581 yards and 19 touchdowns, including 1,052 of those yards after contact. That's averaging 4.55 yards per run, Hayden. That's fifth best in the country. And there's more stats that back up just how great his final season was at Tulane. 63 forced missed tackles. That's 20th, just as a runner. Then he had another 18 as a receiver. 21 carries of 15 plus yards is 10th best in the country this season. What I loved about this play and what you see it over and over and over again, no offense to 76, the left guard, but he ends up blocking air in this game. And so what Tajay Spears does, he sucks in these defenders. So this force player, this fill player is right there in the lane. And you constantly see this little bang, almost plant that he constantly puts into the dirt. And I love when they play on turf because all the pellets pop up and then he just bounces it to the outside. And as you said, we would never call him powerful or a bulldozer, but he does enough when he understands he has to get a yard to put his shoulder into the defender and plow into the end zone. Yeah, I think he surprises defenders with his strength, and I think that he has some short area bursts. I don't think the long speed's there. I don't necessarily think that he's the most agile guy, but in this gap system that they ran, he was very effective on it. It wasn't just his career 6.8 yards per carry, but he was effective when it was short yardage situations like that play right there. He was the red zone option despite his size, but on first and 10, on second and 10, he averaged 7.8 yards per carry. He was able to get to the edge in college, now against not SEC conference. My question to you would be, where do you think he's going to shine in the NFL? He's got to replace somebody off the field. Is it going to be on passing downs? Is it going to be a short yardage back? Is it just a change of pace guy? Uh, is he going to be system dependent? Where do you kind of see him excelling at in the NFL? It's a great question because at that weight, 201 pounds, is almost in between the two styles. The best way to answer this, I think, is some comparisons of players that I saw. Yep. At the very bottom, I would say Kenny Gainwell. He can do all the stuff that Kenny Gainwell loves. And there's a bunch of Gainwell fans probably even watching this at this moment. Maybe in the middle ground, it's Devin Singletary, who, if you remember back at FAU, was a make-you-miss back in a phone booth. And maybe that hasn't translated that well. And part of that, we can get into this, was maybe his bad to below average athletic profile, which Spears definitely shares. And at the top, and this is you know, going back in the time machine a little bit, but Thomas Jones feature back for teams like multiple teams. And it's because he like plays on his toes at a similar size and did the same thing that when a defender was in like a range or like an arm length away, 
he was still able to cut off of them and use their momentum against him. And that created a lot of not necessarily big gains, but consistent chunk gains at the second and the third level. And I see that a bunch in Spears's game. Yeah, he was very productive in that final year. It took him a while to break out because he was coming off of multiple torn ACLs. He t- tore one in high school and then one earlier on in his career. And then he really popped off last year. Uh, I have it at 71 percentile PPR points per game, 78th percentile rushing touchdowns per game, which is interesting for somebody his size, 61st percentile and receiving yards per game. Ultimately in my model, 62nd percentile. Okay. That's kind of assuming like round four draft capital. I'm a little bit lower on him than that. Just because like you said on my con profile, it is just that kind of tweener. Yes. He has a chance to be a passing down option, but is he going to last with those those knee injuries? Ooh. And is he going to be able to run with power at this level? He def- definitely did in college. That's like it's a translation issue. But, yeah. yeah, he's such a different player than we see often because how he makes someone miss in tight space is uncommon. And typically when you see those backs, you also have a lot of negative outcome carries too behind the line of scrimmage because they feel like their entire game is built for these flashy highlight real plays. But his movements are like very economic. They are very efficient. He rarely wastes steps. And because of that, I see very few negative carries. And then he's just constantly like setting up. I don't know if he can see the future or something, but he can constantly set up these either fill players on the edge, like safeties or corners and make them miss. Or as we saw earlier, linebackers too, and even defensive linemen. I totally understand with you the athleticism concerns because what – percentile is his athletic profile right now yeah so i have him overall six percentile that's an adjusted spark that's because i weigh weight very heavily but uh his long speed 4.54 40 that's 15th percentile when you weight adjust it his three cone which you definitely want to see with someone smaller 11th percentile short shuttle 35th percentile so running backs don't have to be super athletic because there's right. so much of the position is just like natural feel and instincts and cutting and all that stuff and i will i will agree with you he's a very mature runner so he made the most out of i would say below average NFL athleticism. I do think that Devin Singletary is a proper kind of comparison for him. There have been really great and productive backs that were either bad or below average athletes. And so everyone out there knows how much I value athleticism when it comes to draft prospects, but I would actually rank running back at the bottom of that list. I mean, Josh Jacobs was a bad to average athlete testing wise, David Montgomery, Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook even tested that way. To your point, it's about spatial awareness. It's about, you know, gauging momentum. It's, it's about anticipating. It's about that footwork. And he just has that a lot. I just love when players like this come around who just mm-hmm. play the position differently. Like, I wouldn't want Bijan to play the game this way. I wouldn't want Zach Charbonnet to play the game this way. He just is almost a one-on-one in this class, in this style. And I think because of that, it's so difficult to try to project if it works. It's so rare to find i'm not calling him a rare player but this style is so different that we don't have a lot of examples of it going back despite his size he ran in a gap system not an outside zone system uh he had a 72 percent success rate on these short yardage runs so that's kind of interesting like you said the 4.5 yards after contact is very good and then you compare it to his athleticism you're like how did he make this work so yes uh, that's going to be like my my little issue with him. He, did, he didn't play any special teams at Tulane. That could possibly be an issue if he's going to be a number three running back to start his career, which I think is most, mostly expected. I think he's a versatile backup. 
early round five grade for me. Uh, I think he's okay. I just worried about like, who is he taking off the field for what exactly? Maybe he's a better receiver than we, we thought. Uh, 19 and 22 receptions, but I did see there was definitely a willingness to pass protect. That's a big, big thing for some of these smaller backs. So maybe he can do that. Maybe he runs with a little bit more power, puts on a little bit more weight, be a kind of a change of pace guy in the power system. Um, but it's a little bit of a translation issue for me, uh, but a really fun player. And he really roasted USC. Yeah, I think the gap stuff does make sense because I don't know if he has that juice that we all look for on outside zone. And again, just the cuts and the efficient movement. How he does it right now, I don't think he has to have top end athleticism. But what if some of that like disappears, the athleticism that he does have? Then we could have a few more questions. I did want to bring up this snap and practice in the senior bowl because I know people in the comments will. Look, the linebacker is, is going to lose in these one on one situations, right? But I want you to more focus on the lack of wasted movement that Spears put out puts out there because again, this, he has outside leverage here. We, he knows he needs to force him back inside. And so a little head fake. And then again, it's that stake. It's that plant that he shoves into the dirt. Like you're building a tent and then he bounces right off of it. It's not two steps. It's not three steps to gather himself. It's one hard. And then he's out the back door. And we saw this along the sideline, I think, against your USC Trojans. And then in the receiving game, we've seen him a little bit like against Houston. He caught a game winner, split out, hit a whole shot. He knew the defender was coming on his, what, on his back shoulder. And so he kind of curls away from him and catches the ball. I'm optimistic. I really am. But maybe it's just my bias because I would love to see a player like this work, you know? Yeah. And that's everybody in fantasy Twitter right now is they're loving with this guy. Like, Like you said, though. On that play that you just showed in, from the from uh, down in Mobile, to me, it's the center of gravity. The low center of gravity helps him change change directions uh, in tight spaces, and he makes him a little bit harder to tackle uh, despite his size. So that I think is his best trait going on. Uh, how long will that last in the NFL at his size? That's kind of the TBD. Okay, two sentence scouting report from me: the way he gauges distance and cuts off of momentum that sometimes he forces is really special. He has enough power because in those instances, the defender is still within an arm's length away. He breaks a ton of arm tackles because of that. At this moment, I don't think he has the juice to get to the corner or to the edge. And man, do I want to see him have the same profile work in the league because it's a, it's a joy. And I, Please go and watch some highlights of Thomas Jones. They might be in non HD standard definition footage and in box situations. Yeah, but, I'll get my VHS out for that. But he he is like if you're looking for a foundation back or a guy that gets 200 carries for an NFL team of this style, I think it's the closest one. You, oh, you think he can do that? I, I my comp well, to him, he did, and I'm saying that the ceiling outcome of Spears right. here. It's so it's so fun for the people out there. Hayden and I do not talk about these players. Mm-hmm. prior to recording these videos. And this was the one I was most anticipating because right. I had a feeling that you and I would disagree on this one the most. Yes, so did I. Um, I. I went with like Khalil Herbert, who I think is pretty effective when he isn't getting a bulk of the carries, can play on passing downs in particular, but I think just mostly his vision and low center of gravity is what's made him a good backup running back. Maybe Khalil Herbert turns into something more than I'm expecting. Maybe Ty J Spears. If he does not go round four, which a lot of people are kind of ranking him and projecting him, it's going to be because of his knee injuries and the history of them. So pay attention to that. If he gets drafted in round four, that shouldn't be as big of a deal. And then we could be cooking with something. Yeah. And he has just enough power that when he does see that crease or that seal, or when he, you know, runs wildcat in the red zone, 
that he knows like I've got to get this one yard or I've got to get into yep. the end zone. And that yep. that's a mentality that I do like to see. Shout out to Todd Lee, by the way, the follower that gave me the Thomas Jones comp because uh, I rely on you guys sometimes. This is the other Texas running back. Roshan Johnson. And you can't really put a model on him because his production profile obviously contextualized by that Bijan stuff. So you guess what? You're gonna have to watch the tape like we're doing here and make your decision. What I see with him obviously is a big dude that can handle a potential workload and really strong that stiff arms there. He can run through arm tackles. Is he the fastest guy in the world? Of course not. Is he a natural runner yet? No, but he was transitioning from quarterback to Mm -hmm. running back and he's got the smarts. He's got the special teams experience. And I've got a feeling whatever you've put him in your model, whatever you watch the tape, I can promise you NFL coaches are going to love this dude because of all the intangibles around him. And that's why, despite all of this, I'm going to be a fan of Roshan Johnson. Love that. Love that. Six foot three eighths, 225 pounds. Not that many big backs in this class. But as you said, a four-year player who actually had the most attempts of his career as a freshman, 146 touches this past season, 93 carries, 554 yards, five touchdowns, and 14 receptions. As you said, he doesn't even hit like the thresholds in terms of minimum requirements, but I think you and I can agree that his best attribute is just breaking tackles, whether it be at the line of scrimmage or linebackers and PFF charred him with a force miss tackle on 45% of his carries, which is best in the country over the last two years. Now, I think you can kind of segment that by saying, well, sometimes it was just in spurts and in spells and he was fresher than the defense out there. And even at times towards end the game when Texas was up or winning and so on and so forth. Uh, I could also say, though, on this, at the same time that there is uh, some tread left on the tires because he wasn't getting 100 percent all that much. And I think that there's a development uh you can expect from him just because he's learning the position and maybe that he'll last a little bit longer, not just because he didn't take that many hits in college, but also because he kind of has the size profile that does tend to last. You mentioned that coming out of high school, I think he and like Kellen Mond battled it out for like the number one quarterback prospect in Texas. He's definitely a special teamer. So like at the very least you are drafting like the running back three in your team. That'll probably be there for five years, 10 years, maybe even longer than that. We've already heard Doug Peterson with the Jaguars say, hey, we're going to add another running back. And he has to have special teams value. I love your comment that coaches are going to love this guy. And I love that he has size that like, hey, if we get two injuries out there, we have to pull other running backs off the street. He at least, again, has it in his bag to break enough tackles, pick up the yards that are blocked for him, create a little bit on his own. But he doesn't have is that juice. Like he just doesn't have it. Once he does break that arm tackle, then you know someone else, another defender is going to come and contact him as well because that three or two-step quickness, I just don't see it there. And for that reason, my comparisons weren't great, and I don't think like the ceiling is that large for him. Hit me with a comparison before I give you the bull case version. Okay, well, the people are going to hate this comparison. I gave him a Wayne Gallman comparison. Okay. You can see it, though, like, again, almost a tall, high waisted runner who at the line, you see one step cuts to create yards for themselves. But then that lack of juice then forces it to be like a four or five yard gain instead of a 14 to 15 yard gain. I can see that very similar profile, but has secured a second contract. Samaje P. Ryan's kind of mine for somebody that's bigger, can pass protect really well, understands blitzes and all that stuff he's going to be on the same page is he going to win with a bunch of speed of course not but i think that he's going to do the dirty work talked about that special teams 
459 special team snaps over his career. 459. We're talking about return uh, coverages, uh, everything that you can possibly think of on special teams. He has the ability to do that. Uh, he was better in gap systems, in my opinion. I think that he's going to run with power. I think there's a chance that he can be a goal line back for you. We've seen that with Samaji P. Ryan at times. I do think that he's headsy enough and can hold his own if you are looking for a play action shot. Um, and maybe there's just a little bit more. I will say his athleticism is not eye opening by any means, no. but he does come it's not, out. At it's not 50, bad. 58th percentile on my stuff. Obviously, I care about the weight at this position, but. That 10-yard split was in the 86th percentile, which was kind of eye-opening to me. The broad jump, 64th percentile. Now the long speed, that's where things kind of uh, go down 27th percentile in the 40-yard dash. Uh, but that was not a surprise. I think some people thought he was going to run like 4.68. He was a 4.58 guy. So um, the next little thing I had I had in my notes here was comparing his efficiency stats to Bijan's. And obviously, I'm not comparing him to Bijan. We know Bijan's way better here. But, I love this bull case. But, but, but over the last two seasons in college football – Roshan Johnson had the highest broken tackle rate. If you're looking at the EPA per carry and the success rate, they're basically identical identical to Bijan Robinson, and he had 4.3 yards after contact. So this is the bull case that you can possibly see. You're not going to find this in the model. I don't think you're going to necessarily find this on a highlight tape, but I think when you get the running back coach and the special teams coach and the offensive coordinator, I think that he's going to go a little bit higher. I have him as an early round four grade. He's not going to be a potential starter to me, but I think that he can mix in on a rotation. And I currently have him as my running back five because I don't think that this running back class is very good. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's very bullish on this running back class. I don't see it. I see a bunch of guys that are like role players. And I think Roshan Johnson's going to do that, but I'm more bullish on Roshan Johnson doing this four or five years from now than I am with any of these other cats. To that point, he will have a longer career than other backs drafted above him. Yeah. Not necessarily just because of his rushing ability, but because of his special teams ability on top of that. And that's great. Like that is a roster spot for a very long time. And it's weird. Like there were pony personnel packages that they used him on. Yeah. And I actually thought some of those were good, but then you go and like, look at the charting that PFF did and they chart him with five drops on 61 catchable targets, which is abysmal. You know, mm -hmm. so it's weird. I watched every single one of his touches in 2022 and then went back through his box scores early on. And there are some games where he dominated the workload, like, you know, against West Virginia as a freshman, 21 carries. Then against Texas Tech as a freshman, 23 carries. Then we get to 2021 and in Kansas State, 31 carries in that game. Yeah. So like there are a few games that teams can go back to and say, OK, he didn't just have four or five carries. How do you look in those spot? opportunities it's a full first quarter to fourth quarter stuff and i do wonder in those instances if we did get some varying success in the in, in those moments if that makes sense yeah that sounds like samaj p ryan whenever joe mixon and i love games. that comparison because the body types are wildly different mm -hmm. like i think Bijan is a tall guy that carries his weight really well and samaj is a boulder Yes. Um, but in terms of how they fit on a roster and how in opportunities they can maximize them, yeah. I can totally see it. I love that comparison from you. Now that I've been very bullish, here's where I'm looking for him to get a little bit better. Obviously, you can't really fix the long speed. That is what it is. Uh, there are times where he can't get skinny enough to make it through holes and yes. his feet aren't electric moving laterally. Yes. Um, and then I said that his route running is like putting a rhino in the slalom. He's got no like when he makes it to that second level, it's just a little bit of a hesitation and go. There's not going to be anything too crazy. 22 years old. We didn't even get in, into the production stuff because it's just completely lacking. Most backup running backs in college that we kind of in, uh, 
project to have bigger roles in in the NFL don't pan out. Correct. So, you, so like this is a bull case for typically a profile that does not work out. But with the fact that Bijan he was getting uh, Bijan Robinson off the field in some scenarios that's kind of bullish to me so i just think that the coaches are going to like this dude and I, I think he's going way too late on underdog drafts right now because you put him in the model you don't like him you put him on the highlight tapes you're not going to like him the 200 pound backs that don't play special teams look more fun but they don't get as many fantasy points and he's the next maji p run and dare i say that maybe playing at texas will subconsciously help him in the minds of nfl evaluators because they'll say hey Priest Holmes was behind Ricky Williams at Texas. Now Roshan was behind Bijan Robinson at Texas. You know, you can make that comparison if it was someone like else, it. You know, now also like Michael Smith was behind Robert Turbin at Utah State. So mm-hmm. like I'm with you that these backups in spot duties uh, can be glorified a little bit. But there's a bit of an all. And I, I, I did like the comment that you made of the. I don't know if I would call it indecisiveness behind the, the line of scrimmage, but like sometimes when it's not there and obvious, there's a lot of like hesitation. Patience. Um, yeah. He has to be a player that I got to get what I can get mm-hmm. and try to create from there. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. This is Texas A&M running back Devon A-Chain. And we're talking about generational speed here, which he actually has. You can see him get to the edge. You can see him really beat this safety that's coming down to make this tackle. That guy's got no chance, outruns him. The difference, though, is he gets chopped down at the end here. That size ends up costing him a touchdown. But, man, you're talking about just getting to the edge and making one guy miss, Devin H. definitely has that. Speed to destroy angles is the name of his game. I mean, at five, eight and a half, 188 pounds, just average jumps. But when you get to the speed, four, three, two, 40, and a one, four, nine, 10 yard split. He was a three year player at Texas AM. He did back up Isaiah Spiller until this season. We had 196 rush attempts for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. 36 and 24 receptions over the last two seasons. It's pretty amazing. 18 carries for 15 plus yards, 21st best in college football. So when you boil it down, those are the type of plays, Hayden, that you just see work for Devon A-Chain. When the edge player does not hold his edge, he loses it either because of a good block or just bad play. And then it's A-Chain once he hits the creases, once he hits the seam. He's off to the races, and he's so tough to get the right angle on. 
yeah, my kind of initial comp with him is like Raheem Mostert. Like how if he is going to be able to win, how is he going to be able to win? It's maybe outside zone uh, and just going to be those one cut runs down those the yard line. He didn't break that many tackles, in my opinion, like 3.6 yards after contact is not all that impressive, which is not a surprise for somebody his size. I do think he kind of manipulates kind of these like muddy areas, like on that last play uh, to a, a pretty big degree. But at the same time, is, is he going to be able to do that against even bigger, more athletic players at the next level? So really interesting for somebody that, that lacks size. He was in a kind of a mini bell cow role in an SEC like, on the SEC team and declared early and really young and really explosive. But I'm not sure if I saw the complete profile with him. Um, I understand why Texas A&M used him uh, in all these capacities. I think he's going to be a change of pace guy. He's going to be a passing down option. And I'm not sure about all that stuff in between the tackles. That's going to necessarily translate. So a few notes that you hit on Texas A&M actually runs a good bit of pro style stuff. Like you'll see tight ends on both sides. You'll see in pistol, you'll see him follow a fullback at times too. So that's good to see, you know, it's not just spread out like Tennessee and let you get to the edge. Right now, to your point about passing downs, he was awful in pass pro. What PFF charted nine pressures allowed this past season, but he did have, you know, a combined 60 catches over the last two. So he is one of those typical, let's say, fantasy conundrums where, hey, if you get him out in space and he can catch the ball, then big plays can happen. But let's say the defense sends six and they need to keep someone in to check that. Yep. A chain might be a net negative and that might yeah. irk the coaches on top of that. They'll run like fast threes. They'll get them on wheel routes and stuff and they'll get them out to the flats where there's one play in here where he really gets on that wheel route and can run down the sideline. So that's like the upside with them. 24 and 36 receptions. Lots of them were checkdowns. I didn't necessarily see a bunch of like him splitting outside and then really routing uh, defenders out in option routes. Uh, if there's going to be a play action shot and he has to stay in there to pass protect, that's not going to be his style. I will say the underrated part about his profile is kick return ability. This dude was able to really house some. I think that he has a chance to be a, a big addition to a special teams rule. Thinking like round four is kind of where he's going to settle in. Wow. I think that there's some people that view him as even higher than that. It's just, you don't see 188 pound uh, running backs too often. That's bottom second percentile weight. Yeah, he's going to be typecast. It, it really is that simple. And he's going to have to, in order to be more than a role player, he's going to have to earn it. And I am with you. I see the exact same things where between the tackles, I see indecision. That slows him down. You know, you can run a 4-3-2 if when things get muddied up in between, you can see your brain working and your feet stalling, and then you're not going anywhere, right? That feel in that area, I think, is really important. Now, can he go to a team that can just manufacture the edge or the seam to him? If so, we're going to see some electricity. I love cross-sport comparisons. To me, he is a winger in the other football who is silent until like the 72nd minute, and then has like that moment of magic where he cuts inside and curls it into the top left corner after cutting in from the right wing. Someone who, again, you did not hear a lot from for a long period of time. And there's that one instance where it all connects and it's beautiful and it changes the game. And I think yep. A-Chain has that skill, but from a down in, down out, series in, series out, I'm nervous of what his full-time role is going to be. That's what I love about soccer. You watch like two hours of it and then you get 10 seconds of a guy sprinting. That's why it's the You're best sport. You're such a hater. You are such a hater. Uh, okay, let's do some fun comparisons here. The big play-ness of him 
reminded me of like LaMichael James coming out of Oregon and Chip Kelly, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Now he's faster than LaMichael James was. So it's just but like not as pure buggy. Correct. Now, I think some people might say, and Javid Best was bigger, but a Bestian-like player because of the juice, of mm-hmm. the electricity. I think Javid Best would have succeeded for a very long time in the yeah. league if not for his injury. And I don't know if I can say the same exact thing for A-Chain, but in terms of just like straight line speed, once you get to the seam and you're gone, A-Chain does have that. Smaller CJ Spiller would be some somebody if things pan out. Raheem Mostert, I think, is like the kind of comp I'm going for, though A-Chain possibly has more passing down chops than Raheem Mostert has ever proven to be. But I see like a, a track star out there, which yes. he definitely is. There was a chance that he was going to run the four twos. Uh, I think he put on a little bit of extra weight, but I didn't see like the lateral ability of some of these other smaller backs that really pop off in the NFL and, and some of his pro day numbers backed it up 39th percentile short shuttle 48th percentile three cone those aren't weight adjusted you'd like to see somebody at his size and that low center of gravity to be able to turn um he's he's a straight line explosive athlete and that's why I keep coming back to this like Raheem Mostert role get him on the outside zone if the if the Dolphins want to take him in the fourth round I think that would be pretty fun but I think for fantasy purposes I'm not sure if you're going to get 200 plus touches in a season there's a lot of players around this weight and i would say even less who had great speed who turned into absolutely nothing like mm-hmm. ontario mccaleb is one he's like you know 20 pounds lighter but noel divine remember at west virginia one of the best highlight reel tapes you'll ever see coming out of high school chris rainey at florida jj taylor we all know i mean there's even like dre archer right so yes. speed is coveted speed is coveted but i think you have to win with balance and contact and like that feel between the tackles to have a chance. I'm not saying like 20 touches a game. And I was shocked when going through PFS draft guide, which is outstanding. You know, we cited all the time on this channel, but they credited him with like a force missed tackle on 27% of his attempts in 2022, which was like 44th best in college football. Maybe I watched the wrong games. I just didn't see that ability on contact. Like I think he almost shells up and it's over. He has to, he has to brace for impact. Yeah, Yeah. He has to brace. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And I have no idea when you think about that, where the NFL is going to view him. Like maybe a team says, oh, he can be that one explosive moment, that offensive weapon that changed the course of the game. But that's like a luxury pick. And even at that, I think at best, that's a round three or four pick. Elijah Mitchell, where would you put him versus like Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell, no. a little thicker, a little could run through tackles a little bit more than a chain. Like, like Elijah Mitchell, a lot more. I mean, this weight is a big concern. We talked about it on our oh, combine yeah. shows, but 188, you have to work against conclusions that are made off of you immediately. And that's a long road a long road at the running back position. Get him on kick returns, get him in for five touches a game, maybe a couple down passing down snaps and get out of there with him so he can last in the NFL. All right. Well, if you want to draft Devon A-Chain or any of these other rookie running backs, Underdog Fantasy is the place to do it. The link is in the description down below. Try it once, one time, and you will fall in love with best ball. And you also have this channel. So hit that subscribe button, the notification bell down below, and we will see you for the next video.